It is a little late on a Wednesday to post this, but it is complete and it is a good one. This is in episode episode 12 with Dr. Missy, who I have worked with multiple times in the past for my 21 day challenges, for some Ask M stuff. She's just awesome. And I think you're going to love it because she's a PT. So she's a physical therapist, but she thinks kind of full body, full picture. So we're going to dig into a lot about sitting, standing, um, how much we should be standing, how much, you know, problems that arise from sitting too much, but also problems that arise from standing too much, kind of this new movement, like stand up kids is a really great organization. And she's a big part of that raising money for it. And then we get into a little bit more about visceral mobility, which is our visceral motility, which is really about the organs and how the organs affect our structure and what that really kind of looks like from person to person, personal stories, maybe about a million tangents in this podcast, but you know, what's new. And then my favorite thing that I wanted to talk about for a while is like essential oils, but like, you know, when you smell an essential oil and you hate it, what that means. And I kind of have some fun stories that go along with that. And I just, I consider Missy one of my good friends and I love that she's in Denver spreading the message. So go follow her, go check her stuff out. I have some events coming up. So June 4th, which is Sunday, this Sunday, I'm going to New York City for Squad Wad, which is basically a combination of women who just want to get more out of this life that we're living and be more, I guess I could say. And I just am thrilled to be a part of it and leading a workout and just to talk on what I call self-acceptance while changing body composition. And I think it's something all of us could relate to if you're in New York City, if you know anybody in the area that um, can make it, have them sign up, send them my way, because I think it's going to be a powerful thing. It's just, you know, I can always work people out. And I love doing these events across the country where I'm training people and hosting MPAC workouts. But when I get to like sit and have an emotional heart to heart with somebody and really dig into what makes us us and why we have this like self-hate, because this is something that I personally have struggled with and still struggle with. Um, it's just big. It, it really is incredible. Heidi is awesome. She's the one that runs it. The squadwad.com. You can find more information and sign up, reserve your spot send people to it if you're not in New York city and then stay tuned for more things like that, because that's really where change happens is when we dig deep emotionally. That's June 4th. What else am I doing? Um, then the weekend after CrossFit 719 is having a CrossFit competition in Colorado Springs. So if you're in Colorado Springs, um, come stop by at the MPAC booth. They're using MPACs in the competition thempack.com. This is the last day to do 10% off my MPAC, my backpack turned weight training bag using thank you vets, V-E-T-S, all caps, 10% off. And then the last event I wanted to talk about is June 24th. I am going to partner with Girls Gone Wad, who I have done a podcast with in the past, and they are incredible. They have their own podcast. They have just an incredible presence in the CrossFit weightlifting, um, get strong women community. So even if you don't weightlift, don't feel like you can't be a part of this. We're going to Manitou Springs, which is near Colorado Springs. And we're hiking the incline and the incline is a one mile straight uphill stair steps where you just like bring a lot of water and bring some friends and bring a boom box and you just go for it. And it takes anywhere from, I think Apollo Ono maybe did it in 24 minutes, which is effing insane. I think maybe 36 minutes is my best, anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours, sometimes even longer to get up. And then you come back down. And I don't care if you were going to be the slowest one. I don't care if it takes you five hours, just come be a part because you're going to have a ton of people that are doing this with you. If you haven't done it and you're in Colorado, this is a perfect chance to do it. And you have basically three weeks to train for it. So to train for it, I would say, of course, check my YouTube out where you can get some workouts, but doing step-ups, weighted step-ups, Stairmaster could be, of course, helpful, but just start doing a little bit more cardio and start building up your strength in your glutes and your hamstrings so that your knees stay safe and that you have a lot of fun with me while I'm doing this. I'm going to use my MPAC as a weighted vest, but you don't have to. I also will have extras there to share if you want to use it. The best part about the MPAC 
is that w- this is actually a reason that I did it is that when you were a- when you're like, okay, I'm done with this, you can get rid of some of the water. So the weight is lessened. So when you're at the top, you don't have to come down with a bunch of weight. Um, okay. That's about my events. I think those are my big events, New York city, blah, 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 blah. You guys are amazing. Enjoy this, um, fun and, you know, hopefully informative, be nerdy episode with Dr. Missy. I totally forgot to ask her her spirit animal. So I'll keep you posted on what she says about that. (laughs) MFIT Radio. Guys, I am with somebody you may or may not know if you've done my 21 day superhero challenge, now the MFIT challenge in the past. Dr. Missy has worked with me a few times, and I love working with her because she's just a badass. Um, well, so thank you. Welcome to MFIT Radio. <laughs> Thanks. And we just took an awesome selfie. <laughs> and the phone fell down at one second left. <laughs> You'll have to see this because you, we'll get into this a little bit more, but you really are like, what did you, what was your um, phrase you just coined out there? Furniture? Oh, so I'm in the middle of doing a furniture fast with my Instagram followers and it, I got it from Liberated Body Podcast. Oh, I love it. Furniture fast. And that means? So basically we're doing seven days of no furniture that you can avoid. So obviously the car, airplane, that kind of stuff. Uh huh. But trying to open people's eyes to how much they use furniture and places where they can actually stand, stop, stand, sit on the floor, sit on blocks like we're sitting. Yeah. So we'll post this little selfie we just <laughs> took of us on our yoga blocks. These are awesome. You yeah. have talked about these in our workshop that you and I run together. Yeah. It's similar. You talk about it usually with your squatty potty. Squatty potty. Yes. <laughs> we're just squatty. prepping our digestive system. Did you see Kathy Griffin just got dropped from squatty potty? No. Because she posted, like, I don't care who you are. It was a little too intense of Donald Trump's, like, head cut off. Really? Yes. Like, bloody Donald Trump head. And so then, like, there's this huge, like, Kathy Griffin, like, it's it was a little That is very dramatic. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Especially no if you're a public figure. Yeah, no matter who you are. I, yeah. I think that was just a little step too far. And then uh, there's, like, all these – I'm going on so many tangents. But there was this cons- – <laughs> I, I haven't talked to anybody about this. There was this conspiracy. Like, I saw a picture of her and Donald Trump, like, hanging out. And they're, like, it's all in cohorts. I don't know. It's, like, all – a giant conspiracy. But anyway, she was sponsored by Squatty Potty. I didn't yeah. know that Squatty Potty sponsored people. I didn't know that. I should get that. But I love the Squatty <laughs> Potty guys. <laughs> it's like it, I thought about you weirdly enough when I was in Mexico because I always use the trash can. Yes. <laughs> I can't find the Squatty Potty. But it's a really great way to do your thing in the morning. Yes. Or whenever you do. It's awesome thing. to know that people are thinking about you and they're on the toilet. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always laugh because I'm like, you know, you don't, you can really just use anything. But Whatever you, you have. The goal that you always talk about is elevating um, or getting your hips below your knees. Yep. In that's the goal. In no, an unstrained position, yep. which is why it's saying like this is so helpful. Yeah. Do you mostly sit in your living room and things like that? Yeah, I'll sit. Um, it's all on my Instagram right now, but okay. sit with my back up against the couch and my legs are just on the floor. I'll sit cross-legged. I'll sit on a yoga block. I'll stretch. I love that. I'll lay on my stomach. I need to do that. I get sucked into couches. Um, like even Bradford posted a video of me. There's this one couch we have. We have two couches. One of them, every time I'm in it, I just fall asleep. It's like it sucks me into a yeah. giant hole, me yeah. and my cat. And just, <laughs> Which is sometimes okay. <laughs> I guess so. I, just, I guess maybe I need it to sleep. But. Yeah. Um, you're invincible athlete, invincible underscore athlete yes. yep. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And you were inspired by who to do this? Uh, the liberated body podcast. I don't remember the woman's name, but I was just on a road trip to Tahoe and found her podcast and love it so far. I like she, that. she, I believe has run a furniture fast before, but I have no idea and just wanted to do it. That's so, awesome. Doing my own version of it. And you're just, I mean, for you, it's all about getting, people aware of body position all the time. Like you really helped me because I don't know guys, if you've seen me in pictures, I am constantly on one hip. I'm way better 
now that I've talked to you and I kind of have seen, but even as a kid, I'm pigeon toed, I'm a little bow legged, like I always shift my weight over. Yep. It's just a way more comfortable position for me and like recorrecting it. It's never going to happen right away, but the whole, you know, we definitely don't want to sit all the time at a desk, but we also don't want to stand incorrectly. Yep. Um, do you see people standing incorrectly all the time? All the time. Standing, sitting, I was just, um, I drove to Evergreen with my friend on Monday and I caught her, you know how people kind of cock their knee out to the side when they're driving? Yeah. So their foot's like kind of up on the side of the door. Yeah. And it's just little things like that, that, you know, if you were my patient when I first got out of PT school, you would have gotten this list of exercises to do. But in the end, Outside of those exercises, what are you doing the other 23 hours of your day? I just said that to somebody. It's so true. It's like you were crushing your workout with me, and I know that you got your workout in, but that's really not where change happens. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. It's like repetitive movement, and I'm like really into this whole energy pattern, like people that have chronic health issues and can't seem to get better. Like, okay, we've done the right stuff. We're going through the right protocol. Let's look energetically what is holding what's keeping that sickness with you and what's yep. keeping you in that place because mm-hmm. it's more emotional than people realize. So it's more, it's all about self-awareness. Yeah. Have you always been really self-aware? Um, I coin it back to, I had really bad headaches in high school and that was my first adventure with PT. And um, after that I did so much postural education and strengthening that I would get a headache if I, would slouch. Is that what it came from? Your headaches? Mm-hmm. Nothing else. It wasn't because I always think headaches. I look at okay. Let's maybe obviously hydration. Yep. Maybe electrolyte imbalances, and then I look at usually magnesium. Yeah. It. I think because I was in high school, I was only like partially aware. So the fact that I felt a little bit better, I thought it was gone. Yeah. And then when the gluten stuff came up in college, I think there was other issues. But yeah. at the time, I was getting like migraines. Oh, it was really bad. So it was really bad. When my sister gets pretty bad headaches and I grew up with somebody way back in the day that got like just migraines that just, they, when you have them, I can't even imagine I've had, I've maybe had one migraine in my life or two migraines in my life. You can't think of anything else. It's horrible. Just delay in a dark room. Talk to me about the gluten college, you know, the gluten college thing. (laughs) You know, the beer and the pizza that you live off of? Oh my God. I was, so I went to Cabo. This is just story time, apparently. I'm <laughs> just so talkative. I went to Cabo for a wedding with friends in college, and it brought back so many memories. And I was like, how – no wonder why I was depressed and had acne and stomach issues because yeah. all we're talking about are our drunken nights when we would do beer, which I haven't touched in six years. Yeah. And then I would come home to – don't judge me. I was in a sorority. I would come back home to the <laughs> sorority house. You didn't know. I got kicked out. It was ter- it was short lived, <laughs> but it, I would just eat so much crap. Yeah. And so your gluten thing happened while you were going through college. Yeah. So I did the same thing. Um, my group of friends loved them to death and still love them, but we just partied and didn't take care of ourselves. And so by the end of college, I had um, chronic fatigue syndrome, is what they diagnosed it as. So I went. Um, to many doctors, tried a bunch of medication. The only thing that helped was seeing a nutritionist finally and cutting out. It was gluten, um, dairy, and sugar at the time because I just needed to kind of reset everything. Totally. But gluten, gluten's what does it to me. And when you have gluten now, what are the effects for you? I get um, nasally, so I'll be sneezing, mm-hmm. and then um, I'll get fatigued. Like I'll feel kind of achy like I have the flu. Wow. The digestive stuff doesn't come until like the next day or something. And for you, talk, you always talked about this chronic buildup that happened in your actual, you know, where your small intestine meets your large intestine, um, ileocecal valve. Yep. And so that's where, okay, we're done absorbing nutrients. Like, so stomach breaks down the food, goes down into small intestine. Obviously, there's a little bit of breakdown with fat digestion in small intestine, but for the most part, absorbing nutrients. Then we get into large intestine to get rid of what we don't want and recycle what we do. So what was happening with you and what did it feel like? It was, I would basically get extremely bloated on the right side of my abdomen, the Mm. lower right side. And so I thought it was appendicitis. I was 
by myself in Seattle and was going to send myself to the ER. It was that bad. <laughs> yeah, it would get really bad. Um, and, but basically most, not everybody's gluten gets caught there, but that's a majority of where it just builds up. So if you, you don't process it. Cause you are constantly palpating clients, which I love cause you're a physical therapist, but you are so much more about like what's going on internally, mm-hmm. which is why we love doing these workshops. But you, can you feel it? Like, cause when you're palpating and actually kind of penetrating and feeling, can you tell when there's some sort of build up there? Yeah, so there is a specific, specific, specific specific test test for the ileocecal valve. Kind of try to rotate it and make sure that it's moving. Um, But then I can feel around the surrounding tissue and their hip flexor will be tight and protecting. Um, And the intestines you'll feel, you can even sometimes feel feces just kind of built up in there because it's not been able to to move through. To excrete. Wow. Because I feel like when I'm doing the palpations with my nutritional therapy clients, like it's crazy. I don't know that why this visual always sticks out to me, but you know when Michael Phelps is like shaking his whole body? Yeah. And it's just like he's so jacked, but he also has movement move, in his yeah. muscles. And we forget like just because you're really strong doesn't mean you can't be, what is the word, I guess, malleable? Yep. And so mm-hmm. when he's moving, it's like, Jiggle, 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 but there's like zero fat. And so when I palpate someone's small intestine and you can like feel in their gut, like where people say they blow, like my stomach's bloating, I'm hurting. It's like their small intestine. You can barely even like touch it. It's like so resistant to any sort of touch. And I feel that when I get my stomach aches, it's like, oh my God, like I can't get in anywhere. Yeah. It feels terrible. Yeah. Did it instantly go away with taking out gluten? No, so it didn't completely, my fatigue went away and I felt like I was a real human again. I could put on weight and that kind of stuff. But the huge thing, which put on weight, like as far as not even muscle weight, I was, I should show you a photo of how sickly I was. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, it was this. bad. Yeah. Um, I was, and I thought all I could eat was raw broccoli oh my God. <laughs> and chicken. So I think part of it was just awareness because it was 2007 so Mm -hmm. they didn't have gluten-free bread gluten-free and I wasn't you know my cooking in college was quesadillas and nachos that's huge (laughs) so it was it was mostly me just starving myself because I you know people go on the paleo diet and they think all I can eat is chicken and broccoli what I I lived when I first went gluten-free grain-free Way before I really knew anything, I was still a trainer at 24 Hour Fitness. I lived off canned tuna, canned tuna and almonds. <laughs> I was like the lowest weight I got, which I thought was healthy, was like 135. Yeah, and I am not meant to be 135. No, that's, I'm a, I'm a big chick. Yeah, <laughs> I'm proud of it. It was thin. Yeah, it was really thin. Yeah, uh, and you because you we talk about this in our challenges, so I should just post one of those videos um, in my app content or something because we have a couple. But the gorgeous ball. So this is a you know I love working with that company as well. What and tone it up. Uh, it's tune up fitness tune-up or fitness. yoga tune up. Yoga tune up. Mm-hmm. Not tone yep. up. Rob program. <laughs> she would probably like tone up too. Tone up. Yep. <laughs> tone up. Um, and it has it's this like like a skin ball. Looks like a dodgeball yep. kind of with with nice coating. Mm-hmm. And you have clients lay on that. Yes. And that's been really helpful to get things moving. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. So kind of like you said, you know, the people who will start with the people who are really jacked. So six pack abs, I can barely even get through that to get to their intestines to feel mm-hmm. anything. And so sending them on that ball helps to get to the deeper levels. Um, but it's also a nice way for me to send my hands home with a patient so they can kind of support and follow through with the treatment that I've done. So I don't have to see them as often. And the concept is them just basically, you know, laying on their stomach with the ball on their stomach Mm -hmm. and just trying to breathe through and get into tissue. It's like foam rolling for your intestines. Exactly. I think that's the best way to say it. Yep. And the grippiness of it, like you were talking about when it, when it contacts your skin, it's like a practitioner working on you. It's so interesting to me because again, back to like our patterns and our energy, you know, I, I'm all about gut challenge, adrenal challenge that I run. What supplements are you missing? How can I help you break down food? How can I get your adrenals to be where they're at? But at the end of the day, it all comes back to our stress response. And so with digestion, 
it's rest and digest coming from a parasympathetic state. So our non fight or flight response. So we're, I talked about this a couple times in some previous podcasts, but like when we're in a stress state, we can't digest. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if anyone really knows what that is. You're, I think you're really good at it for myself. Yes. Don't don't you feel like you're good at getting into a parasympathetic state or a non-stress state? If I'm intentional about it, I find the mobility tools is a huge one for me and the breathing. Um, but sometimes the awareness piece is like, sometimes I'll go get so wrapped up in something, Got but it. I'm definitely better. And, the, but this cool thing is about this ball laying on this ball yep. and having your organ actually feel I, whatever it is, it turns on that parasympathetic Just state. Rolling your abdominal contents helps turn on the parasympathetic state. How cool state. is that? It's me. awesome. Which is why the belly breathing you know, kind of triggers everything too. I love that so much because I think that that's something like at least if nothing else, when I'm having like, cause I grew up with stomach pain. So like constantly just curling in a ball, finding anything like a pillow or something to lay on. It was the only time I could get calm. And I think that that's so cool that it's like, it actually is making you calm. Yeah. And so when we're not able to turn our mind off, let's use tools like that to turn, turn your sympathetic or parasympathetic state on. Yep. But then again, you don't do that before you eat, do you? I was actually just thinking that could be really powerful. So, you know, some people are really good at the belly breathing, but that's a a skill to be learned. So someone who has issues bringing their system down for digestion, that would be a good thing to do before. I was thinking that too. You wouldn't do it after because it would feel terrible. After you should just actually let it digest. Yeah. Yeah. So, and John Jenis, the one I have talked to a lot about, in that episode, he talks about the, you know, the, obviously the vagal nerve. So mm-hmm. he has that oil, oh, yeah. essential oil that talks, basically gets your vagal nerve to talk yep. brain to stomach. So you rub it like on your hair or something. You just basically, I just smell it. And then I put a, like, I don't even put, a, it doesn't even look like I have any on my hand, on my, like behind my ears and on my, behind my head. Mm-hmm. But I think that's been helpful just because it's an action step. Yeah. Because anything that I'm doing I can like really get into, but if I'm just like, oh, let's be more mindful. I have a hard time with that. Yeah. I don't know what it is. If it's like this rebel mentality that I have where I'm like, no, don't do that. Like, well, I don't know what's too it much is. like yoga. That's why. Probably. Yeah, I know. I got <laughs> one day I'm going to be a yogi and everyone's going to tell me I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think everyone was meant to be a yoga yogi. Oh. I think, I think it's okay. I love it. You do? And you're doing outlaw yoga? Is that what it is? Yeah, I go to outlaw and core power. What do you like about it? I, so going back to my ability to manage my stress, there I can focus all on the movement and breath of my body. Mm. So it's kind of like a moving meditation for me. And that's like why Wade likes it so much too, because I think you guys understand the body like the kinesiology piece so well and you're studying it and you're when you're stretching people and manipulating people maybe it's like that visual connection that you guys have where you can feel that release maybe if I think of it that way I would enjoy it (laughs) you could I so I've been coaching CrossFit since 2010 and the issue that I started having with CrossFit is my I couldn't shut my brain off because even if I was squatting I was analyzing the movement or watching other people So I feel maybe, you know, I swore I would never train myself in yoga because I want to have something where I'm not trying to study it. That makes sense. That's a good point. I don't have anything like that. (laughs) I never thought about that. Yeah. Because if I don't know it, I'm like, oh, I I could learn this. Yeah. But it's so important to always be this. I mean, not that I'm not the student because I, but never have I just been like, Nope. Don't want to learn it. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah. Shit. I totally should do that. And you can't like, I feel like I'm still learning from yoga, yeah. but that I needed that disconnect because I would go to the gym and I would just, it wasn't, I mean, we know that CrossFit is not stress relieving anyways, but <laughs> let's talk about that just in case people, you know, for, with exercise and cortisol, just, we love CrossFit. We both are constantly in and out of CrossFit gyms. Um, but God, it can fuck people's bodies yes (laughs) it can it's a professional sport and it's not treated like one yeah often well and then the thing that kind of frustrates me one there's no off season Mm -hmm. two i'm watching these regional athletes and 
you know, I know all of them are really hurting. And the thing that bothers me the most is the spine and the neck and the back and how casual people are about bulging discs and not saying all people and I never want to stereotype, but I mean, that's really, that's when it gets really intense. It's like, and you guys know how much I love CrossFit. I I really love CrossFit. But when I start to see that compression, I lost, did I tell you I lost an inch in height? No. I lost an inch in height throughout my three, basically pretty much the, probably the last year, like I'm kind of going all in. I measured myself and I was seven and five, seven and a half. I've never been under five, eight, yeah. only on bad scales. I'm always almost five, eight. I'm almost five, nine, but five, eight and a half. And when I saw that I was five, seven and a half, it really freaked me out. Yeah. I'm like, I'm 28 years old. There's no way that I should be shrinking. Yeah. What is causing that? And I didn't really connect it until I now realize how much taller I am in heels. And I measure myself and I'm back to five, eight and a half. Now that you've down now played that your I training haven't a done as much CrossFit. Or not even I still Olympic weightlift about twice a week, mm-hmm. but nowhere near the intensity that I was doing where I was squatting three times a week back squat yeah then front squat twice a week and then jerks and overhead stuff pretty heavy so yeah probably at least five times a week heavy lifting um in some degree whether it's snatch clean you know and isn't that crazy an inch of height it's crazy and it's really cool that you were able how resilient the body is to bounce back true like that you were able to get that back and that it was probably just compression of your discs and that's what most people have and it can all come back I think people should all constantly measure their height and get like be, use that as a way to see like does sitting compress your spine? It does. Talk to me about that because I'm not I'm not really familiar with that. You have about um, it's three hundred percent more pressure, I believe, on your discs when you're sitting versus standing. Holy shit! Yeah, and that's I guess it makes sense. It, does it does it depend on what part of the spine? It's all the spine? It do, it does depend on the position that you are. And so if you're slouching, it's even worse. Wow. Um, but it's like sitting, we're not supposed to stop sitting forever. It's just the amount, basically. And your goal, you know, when you're talking to clients, what's like the maximum or minimum maximum? Do you have like a kind of range for people like so they can start checking and being like, how much am I actually sitting? Yeah. So first thing is the awareness of it and maybe having them calculate it. Um, Juliet and Kelly Starrett in their deskbound book mentioned, um, I think this was throughout research that we should all be sitting six hours or less a day. Wow. Yeah. And some and kids includes, are like that includes 10 everything. to 14 hours. That includes everything. Driving. Yep. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's kind of cool that I'm going through this process that I'm going through right now with my business and like the stuff that I have going on because it's a lot of computer desk. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's so key for me. Like I've noticed this last year, how it shifted where, you know, the busier my challenges got, the busier my impact business got, it was like, all right, now it's actual desk work. And so I'm doing actual less one-on-one training, mm-hmm. almost virtually none. And doing all kind of connection via laptop mm-hmm. and emails and blah, 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 <laughs> la, 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 which I'm terrible at. I'm sorry if you're waiting for an email. From yeah. Me. It's coming. <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen. But I'm like, God, this is insane. You close your eyes, you wake up, you go to work. And before you know it, there's no, I mean, six hours is, it goes like that. So quick. And how, what's the, I don't even know the percentage of people that work at, at actual desk jobs. Yeah. Do you know that number? I don't even know that. I don't know the percentage, but I know what it, what's like a shift, like an eight hour. Yeah. Eight hour day. And it gives me such an appreciation, you know, even more so for these companies that I've been doing some corporation or corporate wellness stuff with. I'm like, oh my God. Like it really is just getting you aware and moving as much as you can. Yeah. Well, because if you imagine someone who has like an hour commute. Mm-hmm. sits all day, probably sits on their lunch break and then an hour commute home and then they go sit on the couch. Have you noticed like when someone sits all day, when they stand, it feels exhausting? Very exhausting. So what's up with that? Um, you are using new muscles that you haven't, you're using your butt again. Mm-hmm. You're using your feet again. So there is a transition period and it was really interesting when they, when Kelly and Juliet started getting um, standing desks in classrooms, 
the kindergarten classroom transitioned so much better. They barely got any fatigue because they hadn't been sitting for years. But the fifth graders had been sitting for five years and were exhausted. And so it's just, it's something to expect. So the fifth graders are exhausted. What about a third year old? Exactly. What about a 40 year old? Exactly. So for I guess like just building those muscles and maybe being patient with yourself, but like, do you have, what's some key takeaways? I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is like, and this is something I do in my corporate wellness is like every hour on the hour, stand up for five minutes Mm -hmm. or take all your phone calls standing up. Yep. Do you have any other good cues to help people with that? I would say number one, and you know this through nutrition stuff, that it's a journey. Mm -hmm. So if you try to force, you know, if you try to go from eight hours at work sitting to eight hours of standing, something's going to hurt. Yeah. And we're not meant to, it's a process. You have to do that transition. Um, Having something to put your foot up on is really helpful because it will take some pressure off of your lower back. And that's on your Instagram, a couple of pictures recently. Yep. I just put a bunch of those on with the stool. Um, They make those kind of memory foam mats that you can have your feet on. Mm -hmm. So having little movements in your feet will help keep circulation going. Um, But this is really interesting. So the whole standing desk movement, a lot of people are taking it from sitting and they're making standing their new sitting. And the idea isn't to force you to stand all day. It's to create a movement, an environment for movement mm-hmm. possibilities. So yeah. you have the ability to move more frequently when you're standing than when you're sitting. And so reminding people that they're not, it's not like a military thing at a desk. Yeah. They're supposed to, you know, get up, walk around, do a couple squats, a couple push-ups. Um, be in different positions is really important. That's a good point because it is not just about, oh, let's take exactly what we were doing, but elevate it. Yeah. Let's like actually get, and it's so crazy. Like I'm going to go on a tangent (laughs) again, but you know, I've had a lot of brain injuries Mm -hmm. and one thing that always comes up and I think I've been able to find this about myself and I really appreciate that I found this out about myself is like when I I've always been someone that moves and has to move. And I actually, when I got tested with Dr. Lauren, that chiropractor I was telling you about, she had done, she's done a podcast with me. So go listen to it if you're interested in this, but she talked about, um, you know, the whole thing we do, it's like connecting structural with internal. Like if something keeps coming up and your leg length keeps going back, let's look at why that's happening. Is it because your gluten intolerance? Is it because your digestion is off. Is it because of the way you sit or too much sitting? And, um, I think that with her, she kept finding with my brain, it was my cerebellum. Hmm. And I've known that only because I am only content when I'm moving. And that is kind of like my happiness and also my death sentence because I like physically and mentally, if I'm not going, 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 I feel like kind of constrained and I get really weird. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was so cool because your cerebellum, like when you are moving more, I know immediately the effects because I've had this be a part of my life, but it's so true. Like your dopamine and your cerebellum are so connected. The way you, the way you feel about yourself, your self-confidence, your, when you move, your cerebellum is like your motor control. When you move, your cerebellum is just in a happier place it's meant to move it's actually working it's working so like going up the stairs seems so like tedious and it seems like such a burden but it's like what if you looked at it in a way that's like what if it helps your neurotransmitters and you become a happier person yeah and I think that's so awesome to think about it in that way like I'm not just exercising because I'm a psycho that Emily knows (laughs) everyone knows Emily likes to work out it's like that's my connection to feeling happy and feeling good about myself and not, I don't know. I think we all kind of know that like when you work out, you feel great, but like, especially with just standing and moving more, how that ties in with cerebellum and how that ties in with dopamine. And I think that's really important to mention that it's not just the exercise piece. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the movement and you, cause you'll wear yourself out. Like if you exercised all day, you would wear yourself out. Yeah. I'm pretty tired all the time, Missy. And so (laughs) it's the, it's the movement. I was um, talking to my dad about this because we, 
um, Liberated Body um, interviewed Katie Bowman, who I've talked to you about her a bunch. She's a biomechanist. Yeah. And she talks she about... She was on just, my panel. Oh, she was? I'm paying back. Awesome. Yes. Cool. So you met her. Yes. Um, but just talking about, you know, more movement more often and making... I was at um, King Supers the other day and I was about to get into like the checkout line. And I was like, I'm going to do the self-checkout because in the bigger picture, that's me moving more. Yeah. I'm doing the work versus someone else doing the work. And it's so simple. People don't even think about that. Yeah. That's so true. Yep. I think I've kind of like turned a new leaf and I'm really, I think it's a big deal for me, even though it might sound really stupid to a lot of people, but like I talked about this on the panel with Katie Bowman. So I'm glad you said this. I think we think about going to the gym as like a task. If I do this, I can check it off my list and I have been successful for this day. Mm -hmm. Like it's always on our list. It's always something we think we should do, whether we really believe we should do it or whether we really want to, regardless, it's like, it's in our mind and it kind of causes anxiety if we haven't done it or if we don't know when we can get it in or if we feel like we're not going to get it. It's like, I failed. So now I've been approaching it as, and this is like, so not a plug for my impact, but a huge thing that my impact has taught me when I stop thinking of the gym as something I have to do. And I just, any movement I can with whether it's one reservoir, two reservoirs in the impact and in a park, and I do five deadlifts and 10 squats for five rounds, whatever it is just to do something. Oh my gosh. It's so cool to me that I am feeling more connected with who I am and with nature and with just like what I'm capable of way more than just being inside and being like, I have to do five sets of five because I still do five sets of five, but that mentality has been like almost liberating for me. Yeah. It's been really cool. A little bit more free. Yeah. Like just, yeah. Why, why do we have such a huge pressure on ourselves to move? I mean, cause at the end of the day, you can, do you think exercise is what changes your body or do you think it's nutrition? Both. How do you, what percentage would you give? Um, I feel, I feel like I love them both. I'd have to give them 50, know, 50. With clients, do you see, I guess you do more PT stuff, but with results, result-wise, do you feel like one gives more results than the other? If they, because it's a visceral mobility work, I would say nutrition. Yeah. Um, and when I think of exercise, I just think of movement all day. So if someone is exercising daily but not moving all day, then yeah, that's the missing link too. Totally. For sure. I even try to call it movement with them because I feel like people are programmed to think exercise is an hour at the gym or something like that. Yeah. That's always been that point for my challenge. It's 10 minutes of movement Movement or, mo- or mobility. Yes. I should say, or motility. Yeah. Oh yeah. We can <laughs> add that in too. Cause that's what you call your visceral manipulation. Um, so motility is more of the stuff that you are working on. So more like the movement inside the intestine. Okay. And then the mobility is getting the intestines, the stomach to move independent of each other. Okay. So it's both. That's really cool. I'm targeting both. So I came to you with a shoulder issue, which I still kind of have. Um, and I'm kind of looking at meridians and like, okay, if my stomach's been a little off and I don't, I don't think, I think I have some gallbladder stuff. I might need to take care of blah, blah, blah. I kind of <laughs> see this internal piece and how, how do you see that? Like if I was a new client, I had shoulder issues. Can you just talk me through the process of what you look for? Like outside of just okay, what exercises are you doing? I kind of want to hear how you approach that so that people realize like how internal, sometimes structural issues can be. Yeah. So left shoulder, right? Left shoulder. So basically what I do, there's a full history and I always um, kind of talk about nutrition briefly. I feel like most people, you ask them if they eat healthy, they're like, yeah, sure I do. Um But there's, I always do a movement piece. So if you came with shoulder injury or an issue, I'll ask you, what kind of exercise do you do? So say you did overhead squats a bunch. Be like, okay, let's do a video of you doing an overhead squat. So we'd kind of watch that together, um, see if there's anything structural just from the way that you're moving. And then um, as they're on the table and I'm testing their joints, I'll start to talk about their digestive system, you know, asking if they're pooping every day, if they get bloated. Um, and most people will start to be like, oh, you know what? I poop every three days or I get bloated or acid reflux or something like that. 
Um, and so that's when I can really kind of dive into, so your stomach's on your left side. And so that was why with you, I tested the mobility of the stomach, um, between, you know, the way that the stomach moves, uh, between the diaphragm, between the rib cage, um, the surrounding muscles, yeah. and then tested how your shoulder moved as well. Um, and if, if there is a huge digestion piece just kind of in their history or what I feel, I will work on the organs first um, just to see if that is a, a huge player in it. Because like for you, we found tight neck muscles as well, mm-hmm. but we just did the stomach first. And I think we did we did your esophagus too a little bit yeah. and um, it was better. And you're just, you know, like kind of talk them through that. You're just like pushing in different areas in stomach. Esophagus. Yep. It's just like any other soft tissue work. So yeah. I'm just trying to improve the fascial connection between the organs and the tissue and the nerves. That's so awesome. Yeah. It's pretty fun. I need, I need to be more consistent yeah. with, with the gut my stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, with just mainly parasympathetic and, you know, other things yeah <laughs> calming down yes stress practices which yeah. we all do I guess uh that's so awesome because I and talk to me um you do a lot of pain relief with oils correct yes and you're not a big believer talk about the heat ice myth yeah so the what they're finding is that ice actually blocks our messengers to heal properly um, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it's like it's just stopping blood flow. It's kind of like the typical like TENS unit, right? TENS unit isn't actually to recover those things, you know, but like the patches you put on your yep. body and it stimulates and it looks like your muscles twitching, kind of like the old six pack abs video <laughs> infomercial <laughs> that is doing nothing. Yeah, it's not. It's just there. It's yeah. just twitching muscle, but then different than like a other kind of unit like, like the Mark Pro, Pro. The Mark mm-hmm. Pro I have where it's actually getting you oxygen. So yeah. similar to that. Most of the TENS units were more sensory. So it just kind of distracts you from the pain. Yeah. So it's like if you're when your mom when you cut your knee and she would like rub it. Yeah. That's all it's doing. It's huh. distracting you from the pain. And same with ice. It's yeah, just so numbing it. it's numbing it. It's I think it has its place within the first like 24, 48 hours of like a acute swollen injury. Um, and I do like doing contrast baths, just ending with heat, but cold, hot, yeah, or ice, ice, hot heat. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, but what's happening, and you know this, especially I'm just very familiar with the CrossFit world, but even playing soccer, people would just ice their injury and then it feels better. And then they don't take care of it too. So it's kind of this band aid that never gets to the deeper surface. And that's what Aleve and Advil do as well. Totally. Yeah. which is what got me into the oils. I, I was like, I need something that's going to, because like we've both been injured. There's that period between the injury and when you're going to be healed. It's going to be a journey no matter what you do. So to have a natural tool that's not going to block your good healing messengers, and it's actually going to support your regeneration and um, allow your body to do what it needs to do. So like that's huge, and that's a, a huge thing. I like talking about that. I'm glad you mentioned ibuprofen and Advil and things because like we have prostaglandins, and they are basically our healers. Yep. Fish oil can break down into prostaglandins one and three, and those are the ones that actually cause. It's basically your body's inflammatory response, the anti-inflammatory response. But then we have prostaglandin two, which is our pro-inflammatory response, which we need. It's a sign of like I need to heal something. Mm-hmm. When we take something like Advil, we turn off the pro, we also turn off the anti. Yeah. So we basically are really jacking up our connection. Yeah. You get chronic issues and things don't heal properly. The tissue's weaker. What oil do you use for, do you feel like healing wise are you really into? Um, I like the doTERRA deep blue blend. That's a really good, that's a deep blue blend. It's hard to say. No, no, it's because I love the smell of it. What is the main oil that's doing that? It has uh, peppermint in it. It has helichrysum, wintergreen is what you're thinking of. But frankincense is also probably the most researched and your new favorite oil. (laughs) Um, But that that combined with the deep blue is a really good thing to help with my patients. Okay. With that tissue healing. 
I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then obviously nutrition, nutritional support. That's huge. The Mark Pro has been really huge for me. I've been using that. Um, can you, let's talk about before we finish. I really want to talk about the frankincense because this was like, we were driving to Bale to do a hips don't lie workshop. And, you know, we were talking about how certain oils just really, they make me almost angry when I smell them. Like it's weird. And there's two very specific ones that like essential oils, you know, we could go down a huge rabbit hole with this, but I thought this was cool because I always have said, if you smell something and you, it smells really good to you, it's something, it's awesome. And I think that's true. But then you kind of flipped it. And I was like, you're like, well, what oils do you hate? And I hate frankincense and I hate your language. Yeah. Your language. Your language. Your language. And your language. How do you say? Your language. Your language. You're like rolling your tongue. You're like, it's so florally and it just makes me so, uh. Yeah. And something about Frank, everyone's like, frankincense is, a, is like the magic healer. And I was like, get if I have to smoke one more time, I'm going to punch somebody. And so then you took it a step further. So talk to me about that whole process of like, okay, you hate an oil. What, what does that mean? Why am I hating this oil? Yeah. So this, I started learning once I got into essential oils a couple of years ago, but you basically, the idea that is that if you hate the smell, there's something energetically in your body that you need to clear mm. that needs to be cleared out. And so, it's, and I did, mine was geranium. Really? Yeah. And so geranium, I was, I had to put it on my heart every day and I was, I wanted to throw up. It was a terrible smell. And, um, now I don't mind it. So it's, it's clearing kind of what emotional. Mean? Can we talk about it? Geranium yeah. was love and trust. Okay. Yeah. And I you felt like that was stuff that you had to get through. Mm-hmm. Yep. Frankincense. Do you remember what it was for me? I feel like it was, um, was it, it father stuff, right? So frankincense was, um, for me, it was, uh, it was, oh shoot. It was creativity, like creatively expressing yeah, so it had okay. a lot to do with like, because I always say like, I'm a really deep kind of dark person. And I mean dark, it's not even dark. It's just like, I've written poetry since I was like three or four years old, starting just talking about my black lab, like weird thing. Like I'm just a, I was a weird kid and I haven't been able, I almost feel like the busier I get and the more, you know, I'm on social media all the time. Like I started to lose that side of myself and I almost... It wasn't I was losing it. It was like I disconnected myself from it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't feel like people were ready for it or prepared for it or if it, it was like a little too too much. But it's like a very vulnerable, emotional side of myself that I have. And I just stopped showing it. And then when you said that, when you were like the smell that you are hating is what you actually need, it, that really resonated with me. And so we, we dug into it. We read it all in that car ride. And I was like, oh, Shit. So I put it on myself every single day, like you said. And do you just do it for a month or do you do it? I think, well, I think we talked about this a little bit, how you're going to have an an emotional like release that's going to feel like anxiety. And then that's when you kind of know that you've moved past. So I think it depends on person to person. I don't know if I felt an emotional release. No. I mean, I definitely like wrote more and like kind of like got it out yeah. on paper. Maybe that was just me. I yeah. Like a major panic attack. You and did. Then I was... But maybe that depends on the oil that you're using and what you're trying to totally clear. And I feel, I felt so, I mean, now I'm obsessed with it. I put it on and I just love it. And now I feel like I've been more verbal. I've been more open about this kind of emotional deep side, but that I've always been pretty open to, to most of the people listening to this podcast, like my challengers, like they see that side, but it's kind of like, there's a big side that a lot of people don't get to see. And I kind of have always wanted it that way. Yelling, yelling! I have not conquered. I don't know that. that I don't know. Wait, what so, it did is. you get back into your poetry writing? Yes. Good. Um, not as much as I need to, but in a way that I'm like, anytime I need to, I will. Good. Um, and I didn't feel that before. Before it kind of felt like this burden of yeah. like, uh, you know, like oh, I need to, I should, or I feel like that's not me right now. I I kind of let go of that, yeah. which was really cool. Yeah. So I guess, guys, if you have an oil that you don't like. Dig into it. What book do you use? What um, was that book you used that I you think, sent me? I think it's called Essential Emotions. I can send, I can pull up that text because I have all our text from the images you sent. I think I have it in my Kindle app here too. Um, but it's great because you can look it up by emotion. So like for me, it was anxiety. So I looked up 
It's emotions and essential oils. Fifth edition. and essential oils. And so you, if you're dealing with anxiety, it helps you figure out. You can look it up that way or you can look it up by an oil that you hate. I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, gonna I'm actually, it. we're teaching a class. You're going to, you should come if you're in town. July, June 24th in Golden. Oh, no, that's what I'm doing. What time? Um, it's at night. Oh, no, it's in the morning. Is that the incline? It's the Day. incline. <laughs> no. We'll do another one because we're okay. going to do it with yoga. Um, yoga postures oh, to help cleanse. Emily's fancy. <laughs> Give me some yoga. You're laying and laying in yoga. Sign me up. <laughs> Maybe it's good you won't be there. The next one. But, and then to you Dang, have, I wanted to go on that. Dang it, I did too. I wanted you to come. Yeah. Well, shoot. Okay, well, we'll figure that out. <laughs> um, let me know. You have something coming up in July. Yes. Yeah, so I am spending 2017 focusing on this Stand Up Kids fundraiser that Juliet and Kelly Surrett started. Their goal is to get standing desks in all public schools in the United States in 10 years. That's so amazing. Um, and so I'm actually speaking to a local school, the staff, the teachers next week, and just improving awareness. And then in July, I'm doing a community event to increase awareness and raise money for that. That's amazing. Yeah. And where can they find details? Um, Instagram, maybe first. And then where's your, what's your website? Website's invincible-athlete. And your Instagram? Invincible underscore athlete. And? Just to confuse you guys. I know. (laughs) They were, the other ones were taken. I know, it always is. Um, And you take clients at two different places, Littleton, Colorado. Yep, but Project Move. Where we are right now, sitting on some yoga blocks. Heck yeah. And also Denver Sports Recovery. Downtown Denver. Yep. Which is super close to me. And it's also by this amazing Poke Bowl spot called Ohana. And they make incredible Poke Bowls. Delicious. Have you been to Just Be Kitchen yet? Eight times. Oh my gosh, it's so good. (laughs) Yeah, I need to stop. Because they have these gluten free, dairy free chocolate chip cookies. And I'm like, oh my God. Bulletproof coffee. They have this lavender, lavender latte. That's almond milk. I'm like, oh my god, this is incredible! It's amazing. So in Denver, just go there. Up our first, like, kind of real. We had it in coffee, which is great, but just good. Just B is like a full on restaurant or cafe. Yeah, cafe. Go get almond wraps. Um, if you come to Denver, I will probably be there. Yeah. So <laughs> just look for me at Just B. Thank you for doing this. I, we've been talking about this for a while. And I just, we could talk all, all day. Yes. So thanks for having me. Yes. Always fun. See you guys next Wednesday.